0: Hi, you're listening to 48 Minutes, and this is Tim Kittrow from NBA Jam, whoop-boom-shakalaka. You wanted to come with it, then We got it with punishment. Nuggets
1: is clopper, they're fucking into what we come to with. Others in love with the front, and this family just running it. Long as the public is coming, then we keep them coming in. 28
0: Oh my God, the mics are on. We're on the software, Sean. The headphones are in. We're recording a podcast right now.
1: Headphones are on. Yes. On.
0: Mics are on.
1: Mics are on. Everything's on. Yes. You know how long it's been since we did a podcast, Tim?
0: I think the last episode that went up on the 48 minutes RSS feed was the interview I did with Lance McAllister about Michael Jordan's comeback.
1: No, no, I'm talking about you and me.
0: Was it the all Shaquille O'Neal teammate episode? Nope
1: uh well yeah i guess i was on that yeah so but uh it's been it's been 53 days since we've recorded together
0: 53 days
1: 53 days that's a long time
0: and the world is turned upside down
1: that's literally the longest we've went from doing a podcast in since before we did the podcast so yeah it's really weird
0: it is man so how, how you been how's quarantine
1: Quarantine is uh, it's getting a little bit wearing. I'm actually uh, going back to work on Friday full time so uh, I guess trying to get back into the swing of things, which is good and not good, but um, I am uh, you know I'm, I'm just kind of uh, you know I'm kind of ready for a little bit of a change because it's been you know a while.
0: <laughs> yeah, man, I hear you. So um, I've played more 2K than I think I have since the game came out in November. Um, I think
1: everyone has played more 2K in the last month than since November.
0: Yeah, you're you're, you're very right. That's a very good point. But um, we figured that since we haven't done something in a while, and um, the the ESPN documentary series of The Last Dance is going on right now. You know, you and I being diehard Bulls fans, um, it was it was time to do a show. I know everyone is doing shows right now on this documentary series, but for us. You know, this is the era that made us Bulls fans. Like, this is, you know, obviously it's not now. So, um, this is like, this is something that's so important to us. So, uh, we want to kind of talk about the first four episodes so far and kind of like use this as kind of get back in the swing of recording again. We're hoping to do some more consistent things. We have some good ideas coming up, but um, let's touch real quick. I know everyone's talked about the first two episodes, but let's just go through this. So, the idea of this is obviously to tell the story of the 97, 98 Bulls. But the way that they've intertwined, like, the Michael Jordan timeline to this has been perfect. Uh, On the first episode, going back to his North Carolina days, talking about his up-and-coming and, and, you know, how his freshman year, a lot of people didn't really know who he was. He was a highly touted recruit. And then they go into, you know, the shot against Georgetown. Um, Really weird. They don't talk about his junior year at all. Hmm, man, I wonder if Indiana fans are, like, snickering at that. Yeah. They definitely are. Yeah. 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 Yeah, they are. Um, But um, going to, like, you know, his first run – the music, obviously, has been amazing so far in this series, especially the first episode when they're talking about the 63-point game against the Celtics in the playoffs. They start playing LL Cool Jays on bad as they did. Yep. That was so perfect. Like, yep. That was amazing. And then um, the second episode, obviously, um, goes into the details of Scottie Pippen. And, you know, the big story in that is his contract and how he signs that seven-year deal in the early 90s. And then come 98, he wants to be traded cause he's only making 18 mil. He's, you know— at this point, he's a top five NBA player, and he's the 126-rated player salary-wise in the league. So, which to- t-
1: which today I believe would be uh, Andre Roberson. Yes. yes, yes, in today's day and age, exactly. <laughs> yeah.
0: Um, and then obviously we know Pippen signs the next year with the Rockets for like abundant, ridiculous money. Yes. Um,
1: but finally got that payday after he left Chicago.
0: Yes. Um, he was do- he was not making the money from doing sandwich commercials if anyone has seen that clip on the internet they know exactly what i'm talking about where scotty pippen does a commercial with a six-foot sandwich that's standing up and the bulls cheerleaders that 100 percent could pass as a porno like <laughs> for sure <laughs> yes um but with that being said obviously you know we'll touch real quick on the first two episodes um the introduction to the series i know for you and i we've been texting nonstop through the episodes and how much we're, like, loving this and seeing this old footage. Like, all the North Carolina footage in episode one was so cool. And then the fact that they found some of Scottie Pippen's college clips and used them, like, when he yeah. was playing at an NAIA school. Yeah. First off, the fact that a NAIA kid was drafted in the top five in NBA draft, like, that doesn't ever happen anymore. D2 kids don't get drafted in the NBA alone. So let no. alone NAIA school um what really jumped out to you from the first two episodes what did you love the most you know you know i'm a big pippin guy obviously i love mike you know obviously every every kid who loves the bulls loves michael jordan but i've always been a huge scotty Pippen guy so seeing him get his respect was really cool for me i mean he's a top 30 player of all time um so it was awesome man so what, what did you like from the first two episodes
1: um there's a lot of things that stand out um i really i really really do like um on episode one, when they go back to, to Jordan's first year, and they talk about the uh, the uh, <laughs> the cocaine circus. <laughs> Which is like one of my favorite things ever because I didn't know anything about that. I mean, I there's either. not there's not much like really ever talked about uh, Michael Jordan's rookie year and like what he went through and everything. And this, that this was kind of like the first real look into it. Um, there's been, I mean, back when I was you know growing up in in the late '90s, there were a lot of uh, Bulls documentaries out. You know, from oh the championships. God, so many Michael as, Jordan ones. So many. There was a few Michael Jordan ones. I think there was one that was called "Come Fly with Me." I um, owned above and beyond above and beyond. Yeah, so I mean there was a there was quite a few of them from the um uh the video store that I went to up the street which I I remember literally duplicating every one of them so I had copies of them because I was because you couldn't go buy them anywhere. The only place you could right. ever get them was the video store. So um But, uh, you know, seeing footage like the stuff that they're putting out is it's new, like all of it's, you know, if if you've you know, if you went through the 90s and you watched all those documentaries and everything, you know, the archival stuff is just so it none of it's really raw or anything. This is raw footage. Um, and I love it. The stuff from 98, obviously, is completely unedited. And I love that Jordan's kind of, you know, sitting there in his easy chair, you know, at his house, you know, drinking some vodka and, 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 and hanging out and, and just kind of being frank about everything during yeah. this documentary. But uh, I did like the uh, the traveling cocaine circus. I thought that was really funny. Um, the story about, uh, you know, Michael Jordan tapping on his his teammates uh, door and them not saying anything, and they're like, who is it? And he's like, it's MJ, and they're like, it's the effing rookie, you know, and they (laughs) they let him in, and he's like, I saw stuff that I'd never seen before, you know, I mean, it's just, like, that kind of, that's, that is the kind of gold, but he doesn't name any names, which I like, you know, he's just, you know, you just kind of know that, you know, he was kind of put in this, this weird team, I mean, who was the best player on that team at that time? Was it Orlando Woolridge? Probably, yeah. George
0: Gervin didn't come till the next year, right? Gervin
1: came the next year, watched Gervin, but uh, you know, Woolridge passed away a few years ago and and you know, he's not part of the documentary, and I would have I would have loved to have seen some footage, you know, from him, you know, talking about that. But um you know, besides that, you know, and John and we always we kind of forget like how long John Paxson was with the team too. Right. Like, John Paxson was there like what, year two or year three of Jordan. Yeah. And he was already there. So he waited. a. Re- he was there a long time before he actually, uh, you know, got to, you know, win a championship and everything. But he's one of the long haul guys for this team. Um, I also liked the bit about them talking about, you know, uh, Charles Oakley, you know, and how Jordan was close with them. And they ended up making that trade for Cartwright at the time which was kind of controversial. I know Michael Jordan did not want that to happen because he, he liked Oak because he was kind of his enforcer.
0: Yeah, that was his guy.
1: That was his dude. And, uh, you know, they're still pals to this day. Um, but, um, you know, things like that, I love I love hearing stories of that nature. I do love the, the narrative uh, with Jerry Krause that, you know, Jerry Krause uh, was brought, it basically just went to... Um, the owner you know reinsdorf the owner of the bulls and he was a scout for baseball and said he wanted a role in basketball like right when does that ever work
0: yeah i think the browns just did that they try to do their own version of Moneyball, which is made famous by the oakland days in the early 2000s And yeah. um if you know anything about the cleveland browns you know
1: that's not happening yeah <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, we've probably we've probably already seen the one the one Cleveland title we're going to see during our lifetimes. Yeah, you're probably right, man. I mean,
0: (laughs) the fact that like you remember the Indians that year was the the year that year was the year the Cubs won the World Series and the Indians had them in game seven and they tied in the ninth inning and still lost. Yeah, 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 crazy. Yeah, yeah. Um, I agree, though.
1: What what, have, what has stood out to you during this? I mean, the first two episodes, obviously, uh, Jordan's beginning. The second episode is really about Scottie Pippen. Uh, three and four, a little bit more Rodman-centric. <laughs> yeah, uh, they are. Um. So so what stuck out to you the most?
0: So I'll touch on one and two real quick, and then we'll just do a deep dive into three and four for the rest of the show. Um, I think for me, you know, you don't really get to see a whole lot of North Carolina footage from Michael Jordan, it seems like. No. So, you know what I mean? Like, you, you obviously see the shot against Georgetown in the national championship, but just seeing, like, that elevation of him and that clip where, like, Bobby Knight's like, yeah, he's the best basketball player I've ever seen. And, like, yeah, yeah. And so that was awesome. Um, you know, we all knew about the 84 draft and the full, like, you know, everyone was going to – anyone was going to take Hakeem One Jerry Krause is even, like, he's like, yeah, he's like – if I had the first pick, I was gonna take Hakeem Olajuwon. It might not have been Jerry Krause, but whoever it was, yeah, yeah, the
1: the the orig- the the president was, before him, yeah,
0: yeah. And then, um,
1: I love that he admitted that he said that he said, you know, even you know, looking back at it, I would have, you know, we would have, if we had had the number one pick, we would have taken Olajuwon because he was the consensus number one pick at the time.
0: Yeah, Houston had just won the national championship. Yeah, and then like the whole thing with portal when they're like, we just didn't think, couldn't think we can make Michael Jordan, and Clyde Drexler play together, and it's
1: like. Which is crazy to me, because it's like you know, I, I think Clyde six seven. You yeah, know, you throw him on the wing there. I mean, what's? Ooh, I mean, Clyde that...
0: Drexler's basically like Scottie Pippen, you know.
1: <laughs> basically, yeah, 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 yeah. Maybe a more.
0: I mean, I don't know. He's probably not as athletic as Scottie Pippen. But he's probably a more finesse player.
1: I mean, and it's kind of funny, like the ironic thing, you know, years down the line. Uh, Clyde teams up with with Hakeem Olajuwon to win that title right before he retires. Yeah. And, you know, it's like many years later. And it's it's because of that draft had so many, you know, championship implications for so many teams over the next 10, 11, 12 seasons. And it's it's just wild to think of just one. You know, if 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 Portland would have made that pick, uh, like how different everything would be.
0: Well, not to mention, um, you think about, so, Pippin's year in Houston. It's Pippen, Olajuwon, Barkley, and Drexler. Yeah. So it's like, oh, man, that was, like, really a weird full circle moment for sure. Um, but, yeah, man, I thought, like, that stuff was cool. But um, let's go ahead and let's talk a lot about, forgive me, it was not Clyde Drexler on the team. He was retired. You're correct. It was Katino Mobley was the fourth guy. Yeah. And Antoine Carr, who the year before was on the Utah Jazz, who got beat by Scottie Pippen.
1: Yes, yes.
0: Coutinho Mobley—that's the name. It is. Man, that roster is hilarious. Eddie Johnson was on this team in his sixteenth year. He was born in 1959, playing professional basketball in 1999.
1: <laughs> like, what? Well, Oth- he was—he was—he was forty. He was forty.
0: Othella Harrington was on this team in his second year. Bryce Drew was Bryce on this Drew. team as a
1: rookie. Yes, he. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, man. Before that's a, name. The that's, that's a name I haven't heard in a long time.
0: Yeah, so let's dive in. Um, you know, Like you said, so episodes one and two were about Michael and Scotty. Episode three was about De- uh, Dennis Rodman. And the first interview and the whole thing, well, first they, sh- they showed a clip of Rodman working out, and he's like, you know, I'm the one that busts my ass. And, like, you know, uh, Jay Adani makes the point in the first episode to, like, you know, Dennis was the guy that didn't need the ball on this team. And David Aldridge goes, he's like, he's the best on-ball defender I've ever seen. Which is probably true, honestly. And then Gary Payton says he was the fuck up person. He was the guy that they sent in to fuck everything up for everybody else. Yeah, like... yeah.
1: I I love that they just threw Gary Payton into that too. <laughs> like I'm hoping I'm hoping there's a lot more Gary Payton later on in this series. But uh, I love that they just threw him in for that that one uh, that one little bit there. Um, obviously the Rodman stuff. The thing that I, I I I was a little bit afraid they were gonna deep dive too much into Rodman again and yeah, especially you know,
0: after that 30 for 30 just came with, out
1: with after the 30 for 30 and they did not they did yeah. not uh you know they did go over a lot about the they intertwined you know Rodman being with the Pistons and uh, the way that they were able to intertwine the Pistons and Rodman arriving on the Bulls uh is is was kind of brilliant in a way magnificent um, it was absolutely magnificent. And uh, you know, they got some really good interviews, obviously, with Isaiah Thomas and uh, John you know, Sally. John Sally, and who was who was like the one uh, kind of diplomat that went between the the two tribes of the Bulls and the Pistons, who was actually kind of cool with them. He was like the only one who was kind of cool with both teams. like like if he was gonna he could probably hang out with both teams, yeah, and it would have been okay. But, like, anybody else on that Pistons team would not have given the Bulls, like, the time of day. Like, John Sally did not like the Bulls, but he was able to still go over and talk to them. You know, he wasn't—he wasn't—and exa- he ended up, obviously, winning a title with them years later. But uh, the stuff with Rodman is just, is just so interesting because— you know, obviously his upbringing. I mean, he he has one of the most interesting basketball stories ever, and he's oh for sure. And he probably, as a Hall of Famer, he probably has this the the smallest scoring percentage of any Hall of Famer. Um, you know, actually in the Hall of Fame for playing professional basketball. I mean, he was a defensive guru, um, but nobody disputes that he should be in the Hall of Fame. Nobody. I mean, he's just – he's he's one of the all-time greats. But him arriving to Chicago, obviously with Horace Grant leaving, um, throwing – I mean, they were able to take a chance on Dennis Rodman. There was – they needed somebody who was in kind of a bad situation who could be reined in. And the two reined-in guys were Jordan and Pippen. And yeah. he did not have that stability in San Antonio. Nobody held him accountable uh, it's not. It's not a big secret that Rodman and Robinson did not get along very well. Correct. Um, they did not. You know, he I've heard a lot of stories about over the years that Rodman really didn't respect Robinson as much because he didn't think he played as hard as a lot of the other superstars. Which is
0: hilarious because David Robson won an MVP one of the years he played with Dennis Rodman. He did.
1: He did. But he just he but he wasn't he wasn't on the same level. He wasn't fanatical about winning like as like Isaiah Thomas was, you know right. what I mean? Or Michael Jordan or, you know, yeah. so it's I It's well known David it.
0: Robson needed Tim Duncan.
1: He he did beat Tim Duncan that last that last couple years. No
0: disrespect, the Admiral was amazing. Oh but. yeah,
1: oh yeah, one of one of the best centers of all time. One of the best centers of all time. Um, but um, the thing that I the thing that I liked the parallels that they drew between Dennis Rodman and Phil Jackson. Phil Jackson yeah. was was his
0: nick days. And- yeah,
1: and he was kind of the weird hippie guy who was kind of uh, he, totally different from the rest of the team, but did his own thing. And Phil Jackson, it seems like he really kind of saw that. And, like, it's just funny listening to him when they had that conversation. And he's, like, you know, he's, like, sitting down in an easy chair, you know, with his head down with baseball cap pulled over. And he's, like, stand up, Dennis. (laughs) You know? and just walks in and basically (laughs) is, like, you know, then takes him out back and says, you know.
0: You want to be a bull? You want to be a bull?
1: And I I, I love the old... uh, it wasn't in this documentary, but it was in another one. I believe it was the the Rodman one where he said, "Okay, well, if you want to, you got to go in the other room and talk to Scotty and apologize to him because he's in the <laughs> other room <laughs> because they did not get along at all. But he was just such a a uh, a great pillar for that team, even in his his late years. Uh, he was able to he didn't need the ball, um, and he did all the dirty work for the team. Yeah. But, but he did start to unravel in year three.
0: Yeah, so, um, you know, I think the cool thing, too, is like you said, like this documentary circles around Michael Jordan, like the Bulls era and the Bulls dynasty does for sure. Um, but how they use that like Pistons timeline to kind of correlate to like the Bulls seeing them as the bar, like that's the team we've got to get over the hump for. And, you know, going back and they show the series against the Cavs, when, obviously, you know, Michael Jordan hits the game winning shot over Craig Elo in game five to, to end the series because it's in the first round. Back when they had Game five, uh, five games set in the first round, which they should bring back, hint, hint, cough, cough. Um, but,
1: oh, 100%. <laughs>
0: yes. So my favorite thing is, you know, they share the series and like everyone's picking the cast and Sam Smith's like it's three beat writers at the time. One of them picks game, picks the Cavs in three, one picks the Cavs in four, and I pick the Cavs in five. He's like, and Michael walks up to us before game five, he goes, we took care of you, we took care of you, and he looks at me and he goes, now we're going to take care of you. And, you know, the game's obviously this back and forth game, you know, Jordan hits the shot with about eight seconds to go, hits the mid, hits the midway jumper. The Cavs come down and hit a shot, and then the timeout... You know, I think Michael's like, okay, they're gonna have Ron Harper guard me, and Ron Harper's yeah. like, and Ron Harper's like, I told the coach I've got MJ, and like, no, we're gonna put ELO, and he's like, all right, we're gonna lose. <laughs>
1: you know? Yeah, he, yeah, he, he didn't just say we're gonna lose. He's like, all right, we're gonna lose. I don't give a fuck. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> like, I, like, I mean, that was the best. That was the best line of that entire episode. Like, that one stuck out to me <laughs> the most because Ron Harper is so bitter because he's like, I would have closed out on him. Yeah. Like Rod Harper's like I would have closed it cuz he was the best defender on the team. Dude, why, why would you put Elo out there? Like Elo was the better scorer? But why would you I mean like I it's funny cuz like I don't ever y- you never even think about that cuz it's just like Jordan shot over Elo scores, you know. That's that's I it's mean honor. it's iconic. The goals win they win. But literally if they would have just done one other thing, the whole trajectory of Jordan's career would have changed. I know. <laughs>
0: <laughs> Cause that moment is like, who is it? Um, I think it's uh, Will Purdue talks about it later on. He's like, when they, when they talk about the one the title 91, and Jordan, he's like, you know, Jordan shows these emotions that we've never seen. Like we're used to the guy in game four that hits a shot over Cleveland. that's jumping up and down celebrating. He's like, so to see him crying was so weird. Yeah, um, But yeah. And you know, they, so they kind of show that and then they go into the piss, the first piston series and they take into game seven and they lose. And then the next year, you know, and then next year again, they take them to game seven again. They lose. And that's when they're like, well, Michael, you know, BJ Armstrong's like um, talks about he goes, well, we didn't all go on vacation after that. We all went back to Chicago and started working out together immediately, which is true. If you look at the 91 roster, I don't think there's many differences as far as like who was on the team. Yeah. Um, But I cracked up at that because that's, of course, you know, we all heard the story of Michael was tired of getting beaten up by the Pistons because of the Jordan rules. And that was like this offseason where he started weight training. And his trainer's like, I told him to do six reps. He did 12 and you know stuff like that. Just the, the typical Michael Jordan legend stories. And of course, you know, they go and they beat the Pistons. They sweep them in four. There's the clip where Rodman, like you, you mentioned earlier, where it's like, you got to go apologize to Scotty. Part of that was because in that series, Pippen puts in the layup in game four. And Rodman shoves him. Like yeah. full-fledged flagrant foul. And that was when, like, you know, Horace Grant's, like, Michael told me not to complain to the refs because the Pistons that We had them, And Scotty doesn't retaliate. And Michael goes, when Scotty doesn't say anything, we knew we had them. And it's just a perfect Michael Jordan it moment is. of, like, it you is. know what I mean?
1: It is. I completely agree with you.
0: Um, but, you know, they do a lot of cool stuff they talk about. I love the Doug Collins got his respect for helping evolve Michael Jordan.
1: Oh, yeah. Yeah, that was great. Yeah, and I I love that they showed the 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 unedited footage from the the press conference. You know, with Doug Collins, just <laughs> just give give Jordan the ball and get, get the, fuck the fuck out fuck of my way. way. <laughs> Which is like one of my favorite things because I've seen that clip many times, like filtered over the years, and it's just you know, and it's funny. You know, uh, talking about the the obvious. You know, the coaching change with Doug Collins. They brought Doug Collins in, and and Doug was had such a close relationship with Jordan, and yeah and getting them to the eastern conference finals and then being fired next year it's something that happens fairly frequently now in the nba um, yeah
0: david blatt's like hey you remember i took a team to the finals
1: exactly exactly uh, but he didn't take them to he, the finals. He, he, he didn't he, they had the number one they had the number one record at um at the all-star break and he was fired i think correct was that right
0: yeah, but the year before was when they went to the finals and like. Oh
1: yeah, that's right, that's right. He was they yeah. like
0: LeBron hits the buzzer in the Bulls, where he literally is like, "I changed the play on David
1: Blatt." <laughs> oh yeah, I, I yeah, I totally forgot about that. I forgot that Blatt actually got them to the finals that one year. But yeah, uh, you know, making a change like that back then it was kind of unheard of. There wasn't as much. Uh, coach changing as there is now i mean the the it's it's a carousel right now uh, with it, it's musical chairs with with coaches all the time in the nba now but back then it wasn't quite as crazy so being able to getting rid of but it's funny because like jerry krause is uh you know he wants to he wants to change things he wanted to he, he brought in doug he wanted to make a change with the coach uh you know and was it 85 so he brings in doug he's got doug there for three years they get to the eastern conference finals and then he brings phil jackson in who was an assistant from the year before Who would just who had been picked up after he won a cba championship in the footage they have of it's jackson amazing. of him because he, he was coaching in in some other country do you remember israel. which one it was is he was he was in israel that's correct yeah so he's coaching in israel and i could not believe they had footage of that I, I could like, wh- like whose basement was that in? You know what I mean? Like that was just incredible to me. They had that footage. And of course him winning the CBA championship, which was, you know, kind of the, uh, you know, the, uh, the minor bass the, the pre NBA league before, before yeah. it was, yeah, it was the G league before. Correct. Correct. Yeah. And he won a title with them. Was it with the Rochester? Yeah. 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 So, um, so bringing him in, they make another change and they put this guy and Phil and, and, and MJ don't really jive at the beginning of this because he's trying to push the triangle right on 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 this which is completely different from what they're doing because he was just trying to get you know doug collins was just give give jordan the ball you know get out of the way that was really what it was you're gonna score 60 points you could score 40 to 60 points a game
0: we call that james harden now kids
1: james james harden exactly and you know the triangle was gonna give points to scotty which was, you know, it's like you're, you're not going to be the scoring champion every single year. You're not yeah, going to be – it's just not going to happen.
0: Michael is that he's like, I don't want Bill Cartwright to have the ball of five seconds on the shot clock. Uh,
1: exactly, exactly. <laughs> There's so much Bill Cartwright shade that's been thrown over the years, <laughs> like by Jordan. Like Jordan, like absolutely – like I get the feeling that he just never respected him as a player.
0: Yeah, for sure. Um, I want to backtrack real quick for Wimba Vaughn because you talk about – when we talk about the Doug Collins thing, uh, one of my favorite stories they touch on is Doug Collins' first game. He's like, you know, it's a really close game, yes. you know, and he's like, I'm really nervous. He's like, and I see this hand reach out and give me a cup of water, and it's Michael, and he says, Coach, don't worry, I won't let you lose your first game. You scored 50 <laughs> points at the Garden. <laughs> <laughs> so that, which is at the time the Madison Square Garden scoring record. Yes. And I thought that story was amazing and then um, that's when they kind of go into like Doug Collins like how he elevated Michael. He's like listing off Michael's accolades that he had while he was the coach and they play the Prince song from the Batman soundtrack.
1: Paparty which, Man. Which is amazing. Yeah because you, you, I've never heard it used in anything else.
0: Same. Like yeah. that was amazing. Yeah. The fact that like Prince's estate, you know, I've, you've, you, you're my best friend. So you've heard me say a lot of things about Prince's estate, knowing what, knowing what, you know, what he means to me. Yeah. And so like, you know, I hate them a lot. And so like, I was like, all right, this is cool. This is the one thing they've done right since his death.
1: Yeah. Because, because that song would have never been licensed for this documentary when Prince was alive. No,
0: he would have been like, why do you want this? Yeah. However, Smith story is like the best ever about getting like a Prince, right?
1: Yeah. Oh, you don't have to tell me about that. Oh, yeah, I'll I'll send it to you. You have to send it to me. Okay. Yeah. Okay. But, yeah, I I think, uh, you know... I think that Jordan had, he had a way of finding motivation behind everything, just like Larry Bird did, you know, mm-hmm. when Larry Bird famously said that he was mad that someone screwed up his tickets that he was supposed to get. Uh, and he basically took it out on, like, the whole Knicks team. and <laughs> yeah. or it, I think it was on Chicago, actually. I don't remember which team it was. But, uh, you know, and, and Michael, every game he's got, like, a new motivation, like, I'm not going to let my coach lose his first game you know yeah. so e- every single time he's got something that motivates him which to me is is really what makes some of these players so great especially michael is just how motivated he is and cut throat. but uh the thing with D- you know one thing that was interesting about doug collins after doug collins was fired was he's like i coached him when he was the mvp he was the all-star game mvp defensive he was the defensive of the year, player of the slam year dunk champion. and the slam dunk champion <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> like I true. mean, that's that, that's amazing. Like that, like he, he 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 coached Michael Jordan, like peak Jordan. Yeah, he did, which so. is hilarious. Um,
0: so yeah, I thought like I wanted to make sure we touched on that. Cause, you know, like you said, like it's cool Doug Collins got his respect for how he elevated Michael Jordan's game, and I definitely appreciated that. Um, you know, we one of my favorite things in that third episode that they touched on was uh, the Sniff Brothers, Michael's security crew. Yeah, that was pretty funny. When he's like, "That's this Sniff." this sniff yeah <laughs> like yeah that that was funny was like we were called that because we were the jockstrap sniffers <laughs> <laughs> and then of course they end it with the whole like dennis is going on vacation and michael's like if you let him go to vegas we won't see him and then that ends the third episode so they go into the fourth episode and that's when the first person who's in- interviewed is carmen electra
1: yes and yeah, not- I I I love the cliffhanger after episode three, dude. I know. I love the cliffhanger after episode three. That was so good because it's like, you you see him and they're like, "We we just went ahead. You got forty eight hours." It was like the the peak way to do it, and it shows him. You know, obviously swigging that that alcohol. Right before he drives off on his motorcycle, I'm like, are <laughs> gonna build a light." <laughs> this isn't gonna, this isn't gonna end well, because like these are stories that, like, that's a story that, like, I'd heard rumors of before, but I'd never actually heard like the true story behind it. Same. So But yeah, uh, Carmen Electra, obviously, first person that they interview on episode four. She talks about hiding in the hotel room when Michael Jordan comes and gets him. That's so funny. Which is amazing to me. Like, I can't, I can't even imagine a world where Michael Jordan. Has to go actually rein in Dennis what? Rodman. Like I mean, it seemed like that team was such a mess and just completely dysfunctional that final year. Everybody's just kind of going through the motions, like ah, you know what? We can I can do whatever I want, and and we're still gonna win. We're still gonna beat Utah. You know? Yeah. I mean that's that's what it comes down to. But him actually showing up and Carmen Electra being there, like like <laughs> yeah, that's that's worlds colliding for that, sure. That is definitely worlds colliding.
0: So, yeah, the 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 first story they talk about is when Dennis goes back to practice and Phil has him do the Indian drill, and Michael's like, whoever's in front of the line, you're going to jog. He's like, Dennis lapped us four times. He's like, yeah. he's like, that's how Dennis was. And then that's when they kind of get into, like, Phil Jackson's upcoming. They talk about initiating the triangle, like you mentioned. And then um, they get into the last Pistons loss, which is the Scottie Pippen migraine game, which, you know, a lot of people seem to remember because he was like, He's like, I couldn't see. He's like, at one point, he's like, I see three of Dennis Rodman. Like,
1: man, if you ever had a migraine, I mean, it's 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 the worst. It's it's the worst, and uh, I don't know how you, I don't know how you play basketball when you have a migraine or do anything but sit on your couch or lay down. So you know, you know, it's you know, a lot of people, you know, and probably back then he probably got a lot of shit for that, you know. Um, But oh yeah. You know, it's you know, it's, it's kind of like the same kind of stuff that happened with LeBron when he had the the, the cramp. You know what I mean? It, with against San Antonio. You know, yeah, but that, everyone's
0: like, "Man, Paul Pierce got taken out in a wheelchair. How brave of him!" I'm like, yeah, he but
1: to take a poop. He, yeah, but we didn't know that. That yeah. I see, I I knew that was was bogus from the time because it that almost that was almost like a wrestling storyline happening live because yes. it shows him in the wheelchair and he's all frustrated. Then he just gets up and then gets out. And I was I was so upset during that. I I was just like, this is ridiculous. This is one of the most ridiculous things I've ever seen.
0: Yeah, I know. It was, yes, no, and then of course, uh, ninety-one. They go and win. The, they go and win, and that's a funny clip too because it's uh, they're like talking about like the game four and like we talked touched on the Rodman Franklin foul and uh, you know the Pistons leaving the bench. <laughs> the horse grand going, bitches.
1: Yeah, yeah. That was that was one of my fun. That was like one of the funniest things. Bitches. <laughs> He goes, they was bitches, or something like like that.
0: But they're like, we're going to show you something from Isaiah. And Michael's like,
1: why like he's He's like like, like, there's there's nothing that you can tell me that won't make me think that he's an asshole (laughs) i mean like i mean just like that's why people love old basketball and and, you know old timers always say oh it was better back then because people hated each other like everybody's so buddy buddy everybody loves when when players don't like each other just the the competition is just heightened it made lebron and steph curry fun for a couple years you know like it did but they would they could still go out for lunch right. you know what i mean like isaiah and michael jordan will never go out to lunch
0: but there's a very obviously they talk about michael playing golf with danny ainge but you're going to tell me the nba's two buddy buddy now
1: oh true 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 but yeah. but but here's the thing with that here's the thing with that who does michael hug after
0: they won the 91 title magic who was on the lakers who they just beat buddy buddy
1: I don't think Jordan and Magic were buddy-buddy, though. Oh, they were. They. I mean, when they got to the Olympics, they were. Like, he didn't spend any serious time with Magic Johnson before that.
0: They literally just talked about how he cried hugging Michael when he won the title
1: in 91. But, but I'm just saying, that was after the game was over with. That was after the game. And Magic Johnson is a, is a world-renowned nice guy. Like, people, everybody loves Magic. Except like,
0: for the Lakers front office.
1: Except for the Lakers front office, or you know, whatever. <laughs> Actually, they'd probably rehire him tomorrow.
0: I'm not even gonna be here.
1: <laughs> yeah, I'm not even gonna be here. Today's my last day. <laughs> like, oh, what? Okay, <laughs> cool. <laughs> but uh, yeah, it, I mean, it's interesting saying that. And, and the thing that's it's funny is like, it's crazy to think that Magic was still leading the Lakers to a a championship yeah. uh, team in 1991 with a completely. No Kareem. Yeah, I mean, you had, I think, was Worthy was still there.
0: Worthy was there. Michael Cooper was there.
1: What, Worthy, Cooper, um, Byron, Byron Scott. Scott. Uh, Sam Perkins. But you got Vladdy Divac starting. Sam Perkins, I think, playing, uh, was he playing power forward or is he yeah, back center Thompson on that team? Yeah, Michael Thompson was on that team. Thompson, yeah. So you had some leftovers from the 80s. And, and, like, Magic Johnson's still playing at an extremely high level of basketball and was able to get his team, you know, back into the NBA Finals, I mean, it's crazy that they collided the way that they did in 1991. Because, you know, I, I, was, I was, you know, uh, seven years old when that happened. And, you know, I wasn't, I, I wasn't paying attention to any of that. You know, I was watching Ghostbusters on Saturday mornings, you know. So, sure. you know, I, I didn't I pay any two. attention to that. Yeah, so uh, looking back at that, uh, you know, I, I didn't, you know, to me watching archival footage of this, it just seems just crazy to me that that was where they first you know, ended up meeting up and, and having this, it was like a truly epic, uh, clash of the Titans kind of thing. Cause Larry was out of the picture. He was already, he was hurt and this was it. This was the real passing of the torch, uh, from magic to Jordan. And, and it happened, you know?
0: Yeah. And obviously it leads to 92 with the dream team and which we haven't gotten to yet in the doc, obviously. Um, I know that's probably going to come up here in a bit. Cause they're going to talk about the 92 team that beat Portland. Yes. But, um, you know, man. I think so. Before we close out here, because I know we wanted to kind of do a short and sweet one. Where we kind of talked about everything. Um, obviously, I want to kind of, two two things. I want to say real quick. Before we get out of here. One, this is the best production ESPN has ever done. Yes, I'm so happy that they moved this up and gave us this because. You know, we've heard about this for two years. Like, we've been anticipating this for so long. We first thought it was gonna be a Netflix series, and then they announced it's gonna be. You know, and they've moved it around obviously because of the pub. I think. Um, it, I think it
1: is going to Netflix eventually after this. I yeah, think, didn't I think, they help produce it?
0: They did, and I think, yeah. um, in other countries, it's shown on
1: Netflix. Correct. So, yeah, it's a Netflix. So. It's a Netflix doc, really, with ESPN.
0: Exactly, and it's great. It's yeah. fantastic. I, when it comes out on Blu-ray, I will buy it. I don't buy Blu-rays anymore. I will own this. You'll own that for sure. Um. The other thing I kind of want to say and this is kind of more like not about the dog, this is too social media. If you're just using this to fuel the goat debate, like stop. We need to end this. I thought like after Kobe's passing that we were just going to enjoy greatness and you know the story that came out the Friday before the document was really funny when Michael just so happened to approve the documentary the day of the Cavs 2016 parade. Oh, huh, what a coincidence. But um I'm just so tired of the goat debate. You know, we've talked about this a million times, but it's like
1: well, the old point. the, the old timers versus the young people, it, it, it's always it's always gonna be that way, or or you know Chicago people versus Cleveland people, it's always gonna be one of the other, and I mean it's personally, I, I I'm always gonna believe that Jordan is the goat, uh, you know and. and LeBron's obviously got to, I, I, in my mind, he's got to do a little bit more. He's done everything, though. You know, we can go ahead and say LeBron's the GOAT, too. You know, they're both GOATs. It, people say Kobe's the GOAT. The, they were three of the greatest players to ever touch a basketball. Exactly. In the end, exactly. in, in the grand scheme of things, they are three. And, and you know, during my lifetime, it, it's amazing to think that during my lifetime, the three greatest of all time have played. You know, and I got to see Kobe's entire career. I've gotten to see LeBron's entire career. I saw, you know, Jordan from 1995 to 1998 and then his weird stint in the 2000s with the Wizards, you know. So, you know, I've, I've seen a lot of greatness over my lifetime. So, and I'm happy for that, you know, because I'm just glad that I didn't grow up in the 70s, you know, and, and be like, man, Bill Walton that title man. that title uh, over in portland man i if he was
0: started that thing the other day where he's like you guys don't even know how good david thompson was like
1: yes we do <laughs> like stop ask the kids on 2k how good david thompson is <laughs> yeah like do they have not realized if you don't like, let me just go ahead and put it this way if you don't get any respect on 2k you don't have anything
0: yeah but like i know you've seen you're, i know you're in the group that thinks kobe bryant's the third greatest player of all so. time i do not and that's not a dig on him, but like, you know, for me, it's like you said, it's, those are three of the greatest guys I've ever seen. I got to see Tim Duncan's whole career. You know, we saw Charles Barkley. We've seen Kevin Durant, like basketball is amazing. And the talent level we've had for the last 25 years has been unreal. Trace McGrady, Vince Carter, you know, we can go down the list and just name so many players, Scotty Pippen. But to me, it's just like, we need to end this conversation. Like at this point, it's just a point of preference. And you're just kind of wasting your time, wasting your breath, wasting your thumbs, and wasting your characters in your Twitter account by having this stupid fucking argument that just makes no sense anymore.
1: Like, but this is this is what social media is, though. That's what it I know, is. I, mean, that's what I it know. Is. but it's, it's dumb. It's, it's 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 sports or it's politics or, or or you know you know which which Batman was better. You know, so yeah,
0: yeah. It's so, not like you and I are going on podcast and right? like who is the go Prince or Michael Jackson. We're I, not I, fighting about this. Like, <laughs> you know, like we're not that dumb. Man,
1: that'd be a tough one, though. <laughs> oh, dude, we would have to have like a ten-part series of podcasts about yeah, that. Yeah, that would be a tough one. I, I don't even want to discuss that.
0: <laughs> exactly, and it's like
1: it's, exa- time, it's exhausting to think about.
0: Every time, like I get on like Twitter, it's like, "Well, this is further proof that Michael Jordan was the greatest of all time." I'm like, okay, look, I get where you're getting at. And I understand I see, ama- I see where you're going <laughs> and it was amazing what he did against that Celtics team but if like watch that game again and tell me LeBron wouldn't score 63 on that Celtics team oh true true yeah like I'm just saying like if you take either guy and put them in the other era they're both gonna dominate if you take Kobe Bryant and put him in any of those eras he's gonna dominate the goat debate is stupid you're lazy it's latest lazy sports chatter do better is what I'm saying.
1: People should do better. But it's it, it's never gonna end Tim. But you know, take our advice. Take Tim's advice. Don't 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 engage in the GOAT debate on Twitter. Just yes. don't. Because it just enrages Tim. But if exactly. you would if you would like to add him, you know, and, <laughs> and 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 challenge him to who the GOAT is, feel free. Feel free. He's he's here to take your tweets.
0: <laughs> I'm not gonna respond to that at all. Um, Alright, so what are you what are you looking forward to the rest of this? Obviously we know we're gonna, we're still gonna hear the story of Michael punching Steve Kerr. We still got to hear about, um, you know, do you think we finally get the touch of Dennis Rodman going to Nitro?
1: Um, I I think we'll probably get to that at some point. Um, I think, uh, I mean, they're going to circle back around here soon. So I I imagine the next one is going to cover the 92 season with the Portland Trailblazers. It's going to cover the dream team. And I believe it's also going to probably cover the 1993 season uh, uh, ending with probably the death of his father. Going, yeah, into the, uh, going into the uh, going into his retirement, I'm 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 going to go ahead and say this. I am more excited than anything to see um, some footage of the return of Michael Jordan in 1995. Same. Like I really like revisiting that because that's kind of what got me interested in basketball. Uh, that was like the first first true basketball game I ever watched was was his return to basketball against the Indiana Pacers um, at Which- uh, Mar- Market Square Arena, I believe, and uh, I. Uh, you know that's kind of what drew me into basketball in 1995 uh you know i was uh, 11 12 years old when that when that happened and and it's I'll, I'll never forget it. So, like, I I do want to see that. I want to hear more about that. I also really would like for them to go into a deep dive on nineteen ninety six because it's my favorite uh, Dude, season yeah. of any bad. You know, but there's no basketball season that's ever going to top nineteen ninety six for me. When I when that happened, you know, uh, I had a TV guide. We'd get TV guide every week, the small ones back when you people bought yeah. TV guide, and I would go in and back during nineteen ninety six. Um, I want to say about fifty. Some games were broadcasted nationally between TNT, TBS, which once played basketball games. Yeah. Uh, TBS played NBA games at the time, uh, and WGN, uh, and and of course NBC. So uh, ESPN didn't play NBA games back then, but those four channels alone amounted to like 50-some games. And I would go through with the highlighter uh, with my TV guide and go and highlight all the games uh, so I knew when they were going to be on um so that was kind of a that was kind of a big thing it was that's that's how how deep my obsession went in 1996 physically highlighting tv guides
0: yeah i mean same so you know you talk about like 96 was the bulls beat the sonics in the title jordan wins the mvp um, the Shaq last year with Orlando, that 96 Olympic team was like the first super team where I was like, this is amazing. It's what got me to love USA basketball is that. Oh team. yeah. I, ha- I have the Penny Hardaway jersey from that team. Um uh, da- you know,
1: da- down in my basement, I found recently, I had a folder, uh, with the 1996 Olympic team on it.
0: Which uh, was weird. Cause, like Hakeem Olajuwon was on that team and he was like playing for team USA. And I'm like, okay, cool. I'm down with it.
1: Yeah. Isn't that strange?
0: Yeah.
1: <laughs> like, uh. Of- Spencer Dinwiddie, I think,
0: is going to go play for, like, the Austrian team or something like that? Yeah.
1: Oh, it's it's. I think it's more common for, for teams to do that. I think... Diana Taurasi
0: did it. Remember, she went and played for, I think, Russia?
1: Really? I didn't yeah, know Yeah, she that. did that one year.
0: Yeah, the WNBA's GOAT went and did that. Yeah, you can, you can at me on that one. That's fine. We'll debate that one. <laughs> um, but, yeah, man, I think, like, this is just amazing. It's so cool to relive this as Bulls fans and, like, remember when things were cool. Yeah. Um, also, ben,
1: I, also, I, I will say, that, you know, another thing I want to see is is the the failed Orlando Magic series with yes. the with the with the Nick Anderson steal. I'm very interested to see that because I mean, we've seen this magic moment on ESPN. We've seen their side, but I would love and Michael Jordan obviously didn't participate in that. So, um, uh, you know, seeing getting his
0: thoughts on it would be great. You're right. Yeah,
1: getting his thoughts on that. The switch would be from 45
0: great. to 23 during the series.
1: During the series, yeah, I, I, I. I I'm really looking forward to those episodes and I'm I'm imagining probably uh, seven and eight are probably going to be the ones I'm going to probably enjoy the most. So, but uh, it's, it's been a great series so far.
0: Yeah. And don't forget, obviously we have a Kobe Bryant interview coming up in the stock series still too. So
1: yes, yes. Yeah.
0: So we're going to go and wrap it up. I hope you guys are enjoying the last dance. Like we are, Uh, we're going to probably keep doing these episodes. Obviously we won't be doing four episodes at a time, um until the doc series is over um we're gonna as two diehard bulls fans reliving this has been a blast so um thank you all for being patient during quarantine and everything crazy um i was in new york city when the world went to shit, so um i'm fine no one has to text me like they have every week since but um yeah so we're back we're doing this and uh, like sean said earlier uh, talking about Michael Jordan's comeback. If you're listening to this on the Apple Podcast or Spotify, the episode underneath this, you can hear my interview with Lance McAllister about Michael Jordan's comeback to the NBA because this is the 25th anniversary. So it's a really fun episode, a really good interview. Thank you all again for tuning in. We're back. We just sent the fax machine. We're back. Have a good one, everyone.